the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing in more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. You know those books... Money for Dummies and Real Estate for Dummies and Divorce for Dummies. They're not bad books. They're actually pretty well written, all things considered, and they, they, they are what they are. They're kind of money 101 intros. Um, I'm not saying put that book on tape in your eight-year-old son's bedroom as he goes to sleep, but it's never too soon to start talking about some of the stuff and educating yourself. Now, some books out there are... You know, real estate. I'm real estate mentor number one in the world, as endorsed by Robert Kiyosaki and others. Those are the dangerous ones when they tout that they're an expert. I don't like companies that tout one product. There's a company called Emphasis back in the 1990s. We're like, oh, we're gonna kill Cisco. We got this one great product. Cisco's like, bring it on, Donkey Kong. Uh, that was an Emphasis. Oh gosh, yeah, I'm thinking Emphasis and Oracle, but um. Everyone will have a product that they think can dethrone a giant. JDS Uniphase lost billions and billions of dollars. And they never were able to beat Cisco. Companies that lose money historically will ultimately go out of business. JDS Uniphase had $51 billion in losses over 20 quarters. VeriSign had $15 billion. They got acquired by someone. They got kind of bailed out. Excited Home, $10 billion. Stock went to zero. Nextel, $6 billion in losses. Stock went to pennies. CMGI, they got bailed out by Sprint in the end. CMGI, $5 billion in losses. They failed. So when companies are proud that they're losing money, be careful. During that same period of time, Intel, Microsoft, Oracle, Dell, and Cisco all had $70, $80 billion in profits. Oddly enough, they're all around. It is important to earn money. Let's talk to Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. One of the things that I like about you as a mortgage lender, and you're my mortgage lender, and you have a show here on AM 1220, KDOW, is you don't tout one product. You never come to me and go, this one product, the double-double inflation, 0% down, good for everyone, but particularly... 
particularly if you have a lisp, you can get this mortgage. You tend not to bullet shot it. You tend to say, let's let's take a look at a lot of mortgages out there and see which one will fit you best and not which one can I sell it to you who is different than other people. Yeah, it's a, it's a great market now that we have plenty of products to offer, um, you know, the wide variety of, of needs of the consumer. Um, yeah, everybody's different. And I think that's important. Um, like that's one of the reasons why brokers are picking up a little bit more business, um, year after year after year after year from banks, because banks are kind of like cookie cutter loans, cookie cutter products. Um, and brokers are out there touting those products that, um, you know, you might never hear of these lenders. I mean, you may not have heard of some of the lenders that you've used before. You're like, who's this servicer? Um, but there are other, what they call wholesale lenders yeah. out there that work only with brokers that you'll never hear of. They don't have brick and mortar. And um, they're making the industry, they're making our job very easy. So one of the things I think I'm hearing you say is something along the lines of there's different people. Now, let's, and they're going to have different products to fit their needs. Now, what is something that's common in people? What makes us all common? What, what do you need to be consistent to get your job done? Understand that people are different, so you're going to find some different product. But what are some of the core things that have to be met, so to speak? Equity, equity, um, income, income. And, uh, wait, wait, and what, if they, what if they're young and they have no equity? Are you saying like four hundred one ks or something you, to show a little? You want to have some sort of equity. Um, equity could be in some cases zero, like a VA loan. Okay. Um, in that case, you have to have the income. So income's really the the main. Um, kind of binding um, and common ground that every product has. And it could be the property that has the income. You might not have the income, but the property has the income and then you have equity. So it's a combination of many different things, but that's, again, that's part of, the farther you get away from those mainstream cookie cutter kind of loans, that's where brokers have really stepped up and filled that gap. So they just have a much more a wider variety of products that they can offer the consumer. So income is one thing that people should have. Uh, one income is good. Two incomes is better. Uh, rental income on top of that, let's say like, uh, you know, that I have that rental property in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. If I have income and my spouse has a little bit of income, maybe she's not helping me as much as that, that equity in the house that I have plus the income in, from the rental. It all kind of factors in. Yeah, I've actually said many, many times that it's easier to buy a rental property than it is to buy a primary residence because you actually are assuming the debt as opposed to the renter assuming the debt. Um, so if you can get it to at least break even, you you almost automatically qualify as long as you qualify with where, where you, you are now. I've actually had clients that um, th- they have a, a spouse that's not on the loan and they've deeded the, the spouse off of the loan and that person goes out and lives for free, zero, and then goes out and buys rental property. And they qualify almost instantly because they have no debt that, that they're tied to. They're living at free at home. The husband or the spouse, uh, I'm thinking of a particular example, um, is making you know that payment or at least qualifying for that, and they're kind of absolved of that. So it's so that's so, a good example of people are different. People are different. People, and, and this is a, this person in particular is buying multiple properties. You know, maybe one or two a year, and they're pretty active at it. So that's some of your clients, people who are repeat buyers and who are, I'm not going to call it the word serial buyers. Repeat buyers maybe come back to you every five, six, seven years and have another mortgage need. Sometimes it's as early as three. But um, how about the serial buyers who want to buy a piece of property every two or three years, take the cash flow out, maybe, you know, use restructure, that restructure. Um, consolidate, upgrade their properties. And um, one of the first questions I ask people is, how old are you? 
Um, I'd like to know what, what you think is going to happen in the next 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, I, Unfortunately, I still see people that are over 50 that are still trying to accumulate real estate. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad idea, but it might be their first property. I'm like, well, have you talked to your financial planner? Is this the right move to put two or $300,000 into a property? So we're seeing more and more people um, consult with their financial planners or even at least their CPA to figure out if this makes sense in the long run. Now, it's an easier decision or opinion to say, yeah, go ahead and do it. If they've already maxed out their 401k, they have a primary residence and that they just want to add this because they need more write-offs, which we hear all the time as well. So, um, but yeah, there is, there is some risk. Yeah. The other question is how much risk do you want to take? Um, are you look, what are you looking to get out of this transaction in the long short run and long run? Some people say, well, I just want the cash flow." I was like, okay. Um, I, I know that some of the properties that you've bought before you, you went long-term and then some stuff you went short-term. That's right. That's right, Jack. So Mr. T mortgage advice, um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls. What are you talking about, fool? Fool. I hear that luxury homes are different mortgages than the home that you're going to live in or second homes, mortgage, luxury home mortgages are going to be different than second home loans that you're going to live in versus the house that you're going to live in versus maybe you're going to try to set it up as a business. Um, do you ever, and I, I think I know the answer to this. Does anyone ever come to you and says, uh, let's get a, like a homeowner's loan for a second property. And they maybe get, does anyone look for favorable rates for yes. the different products? Yeah. So what, you, what you're describing is owner occupied, non-owner occupied, second right. home occupation, occupation or, uh, occupancy or, um, commercial. And yes, it does. It, you do get favorable rates if you can do owner occupied or second home. Um, the second home part of this, uh, the, the lenders have kind of figured out, they, they changed the rules a little bit saying, okay, we really want that second home to be a certain distance from your current location. And second, we want it to be in a kind of a vacation area. So buying a second home is getting a little bit harder, but you do get better rates. So people you can do see that, that all Tony the really gets to know your situation. You can find him at com. It's bayarealonesource.com. Super important that you understand real estate's not a hobby it's a business and you can't treat it like a hobby you got to treat it like a business that's why i work with tony at bayarealonesource.com out of student loans and treehouse homes we all would take the ladder my mind is blurry face and i Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I don't have playlists that I'll regularly share with people, but this is 21 Pilots, and I do like 21 Pilots enormously. I like alt music, alternative. Some of it's hipster. This ain't hipster. I think he's actually one of those Eminem kind of geniuses where it first comes on, you're like, oh, that's not for me. And then you start looking at the body of work, and you're like, that's pretty good stuff. So hopefully you get a chance to listen to a little 21 Pilots. Hey, it's cheap now. You've got a music streaming service. Verizon gives it for free. For six months, if you get a uh, contract with them, you have no excuse not to experiment a little bit, right? 21 Pilots. This song sounds different than the next song, which sounds different than the next song. 
I'm not crazy about the tattoos, but that's because I'm fearful of tattoos. I'm fearful of people with tattoos. I don't go to Portland by myself without a police escort because I, I fear people with tattoos. You throw in a tattoo with a little, like, a uh, big, big peg or whatever those are in your ears. Like, oh, I can't do it. So, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLandSource.com, 21 Pilots. Owning your own home for some people now is not a dream. That's kind of a weird concept, right? Yeah, and um, I'm waiting for you to. You and I both spent. No, no, you and I spent our whole life, our whole life, like, I want to own a home. I want to be like my mom and dad. But now uh, the kids beneath us are like, I don't need to own a home. I can go from apartment to apartment. Um, For example, I had a friend who lived in the Bay Area. Um, She was friends with Joe Cannon from the MLS uh, San Jose Earthquakes. Goalie, I think. Keeper. Uh, keeper of the year twice for the MLS, good friend of mine, nice guy, good family, good Bay Area family, long-term Bay Area family. But he had a friend who was a female who, she lived in San Francisco, and the next thing you know, she's living with five people in San Francisco, the next thing you know, she's living with a couple people in Palo Alto. Now she's living out in Breckenridge. Next, you, like, she likes that mobility. You think that's kind of, kind of like the mobility of people not having cars? They also don't have, they also use Uber Eats because they don't have a car to go to dinner. So they, they get meal services brought into them. A lot of specialized, like, it's not what you and I grew up with. Well, it's, it's I don't want to say it's, uh, well, it is a trend. I will say that. And it is not just tied towards millennials, although they are leading their, you know, the pack uh, when that's concerned. You know, they like oh. the mobility. They, they like the um, the amenities that are around places that are, are, quite honestly, too expensive for them to buy. So. And it's convenient to jobs. It's convenient to all those other, um, you know, restaurants and bars and clubs and um, theaters that they all like to go to. Um, and we see a lot of the urban environments right now. I can give you an example. I just took a, fa- a vacation, came back, and my sprinkler had an issue. So for seven days, it was flooding my yard, right? You have a landlord, you call your, your, your landlord. It's his problem, not your problem. Yeah. And I think that's modern convenience. It, but it goes into car sharing. It goes into food sharing. It goes not food sharing, but you and I at one point in time, like, hey, let's go to Safeway tonight and get groceries for the week. Um, that's kind of fading a little bit. Let's let's have Safeway bring it to us. I'll, so I'll it's be, a trend of we don't have to own a house. I'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how long this trend goes because what we're seeing are are a lot of people moving across the United States to places that are what considered affordable. So you might see it kind of slowly trickle away from like the Bay Area to places like the Austins and maybe even parts of Utah and Denver and so on where there is affordable housing. And, and you know, right now they may need that mobility. So we're going to see millennials. We, we see more millennials living at home yeah. nowadays. Um, it's, in fact, the highest percentage we've ever seen, I think it's like 35 or 60 something percent of like males between a certain age are living at home. And and we're going to see this kind of trend of looking for affordable housing. And then eventually it'll figure itself out. And places like uh, companies will move to a place like Austin. And, and will it be the chicken or the egg? Putting down roots. Reasons to buy a home. Right. If I'm a millennial right now and I'm not, I'd be like, I want to see every major city in the United States. Because I hear once you have a job, you're going to work 30 years in it and you're never going to leave. And it's going to be miserable. I, I, I wouldn't buy a house. Maybe I'd buy an investment house or a rental house that I can say I own, like I did with North Carolina Raleigh. Um, I knew I was going to move. I knew I was going to live there. Its sole purpose was to be a, I'm not putting down roots. It was just extra income that I could throw, extra equity I could throw over there. Putting down roots, pretty good reason to own a house. Yeah, we're actually at that exact scenario is what we're seeing more often is, is people that they know they're going to be moving or they know that they are never going to afford or they just 
can't really get that commitment, and they have some money, and they're looking at other, you know they've maxed out their four hundred one k. They're looking for other write offs. They are doing that. They're buying investment property, and but they can stay mobile. You have a child, and one of the things you want to do is find your perfect community before he gets too old, so that he can grow up with roots and a community. I get it. I think millennials will have the same thing. I don't think that millennials should own a home at this point in time. As real estate prices have gone up, interest has gone up. They should save money for a home. They should maybe consider investment property kind of as, hey, I got real estate going, but I'm renting. But then again, another reason to own a home is you get tired of giving equity, your cash all to a landlord. And sometimes they don't upgrade the property, and that, that's a frustration. Um, it's nice that when it's their problem. Yeah, it's. I've actually, I recently talked to somebody who lives in San Diego, and they said, you know, it's the rents are going up so high right now, it actually makes more sense to buy. And that, that's when you're a renter and you go, why am I giving away money to my landlord when I could buy and, and give myself the money? Um, but it that makes like, people crazy. And it, it, drives it. Pe- it drives them crazy. And that's actually a stat. You can go to like Zillow and or Redfin. And you can look at all of these stats. Where is it? Make more sense to buy than it does to uh, to rent, and you know, and then you can do the little buy versus rent calculator. I can tell you, you need to keep this house for so many years before it breaks even. You know, and, and it makes see, sense. I don't see renting as throwing away money. Do you? It can be. It can be. That's right. It can be if you're not able to save money. If the rents are too high and you're not saving any money for a possible house, for example. No one would ever call money that you spend on food a waste. Like, you have to have energy. You have to have a place to live. I, I actually own a home, so, but I don't see renting as... Uh, it's When it's an enormous paycheck, I get it. Um, but when I was renting, I was much more willing to sacrifice and live in smaller places, dirtier places with more roommates, per se. When I'm moaning, I get that luxury of not to. Um, so I think the three reasons to own a home right now, in my mind, is putting down roots for a family and community. There's something to be said about community, but also there's something to be said to go on a lot of vacations and not having to own a house. Um, building equity, I think, is a great thing. Um, you know, I showed someone in the Acorns app yesterday, and they were wowed. In two months, I've saved $600 by basically just rounding up my purchases. I've built equity by rounding up. You can build equity by paying yourself rent. I get it. And I think the ability to do what you want with your space. Yep. You've got, you know, if you have a landlord, you may have like mangy carpets and you don't want your kid on a mangy carpet. You don't want your wife on a mangy carpet on a cage. You want to <laughs> make out with your wife while watching Love Boat on the carpet. And then you smell the carpet. You're like, oh, the moment's gone. <laughs> so you get rug burned from getting back up. Cause and, and or you can just say, we're going to replace this carpet. Right. And you don't want to do if it's rental. Yeah. So those are the reasons to own. I don't think you have to own. There's not going to be St. Peter's not going to say to you one day. Let's check your list on getting into heaven. Did you ever kill a kid and hide him on a train track? No. Good. Good. Millennials have actually made it pretty cool to be renters. Um, Yeah. That's a well said. They they have. And they've made that a trend. They've made it pretty hip. And then they have those little scooters. (laughs) And they drive around town going, Ah, the scooters. Vespas. Ciao. I'm hip. Ciao. I rent. Ciao. I've got a scarf on and it's warm outside. Ciao. Anyhow. It's cool to rent. It's okay. There's no. You're not going to be judged by in heaven if you own a property or not. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at RobLackShow.com and on YouTube, RobLackShow. If you want to see what my greasy face looks like. Would you buy me a house? Not a yes, sir. Not a follower. Fit the box, fit the mold, have a seat in the foyer. Take a number. I was lightning before the thunder. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
Published in Redfin. Home price growth in the United States reaches sustainable pace. Let's do a little bit of Jeopardy quiz. Alex Trebek channeling my inner pancreatic cancer survivor. I know, too soon, too soon. Tony Mendez. Sustainable real estate price appreciation. Give me your answer. What can it go up every year for the rest of your life to be sustainable? Is answering, the, the, answering the form of a question. Is it 3%? Oh, I'm sorry. It's close. 2.8%. According to this article, so let's just say you could be right, he sure. could be right, we could both be right. Win-win, because everyone gets participation medals. Thank you for participating on Jeopardy. 2.8% sounds about right to me, because in the end, you want home prices, in theory, going up with wages. And wages haven't really gone up in the last 30 years when adjusted for inflation. Social Security really hasn't gone up when adjusted for inflation. Go ahead, Tony Mendez. Please interrupt me. <laughs> What's interesting about that um, that 2.8, now everyone that's doing a buy versus rent calculator, and if you throw that number in, it's going to tell you to buy a house almost every single time. Um, I've done many, many of these calculators, and the the one big factor in that is that price appreciation. Anything over 1% is going to really skew it off. Um, can you really think you're going to sustain to a 0.8% for 10 years? And it, and that's the way the calculator works. And it's going to say almost every single time, unless your rent is just outrageous and you're trying to buy something just outrageous, it's going to tell you to buy a house every time. I, I just wanted to throw that out there. Sure. Since we were talking about that not too long ago. But again... I- Realtors, like, they'll say things like, well, they're not building more land, so maybe it should appreciate more than that. They actually are building more land. It's called hire. It's called tearing down buildings and making a three-story into a five-story. It's called turning a U.S. military base into a property. Um, it's called, you know, Stanford giving up land so that it can be developed. They are, and like, for instance, Caltrans, they used to own all that land uh, on El Camino, and they're, they're giving it all up for property. They are making more land. So 2.8% doesn't sound bad to me. And when you have 7 to 9%, that's like too much. My house, you know, did fantastic for five years. And then it's gone sideways for three. Sideways to maybe slightly down. Um, now my property in Raleigh's gone better because it was kind of, well, who, it's another region. Something else to think about. But 2.9%, 2.8%, I'd be happy with that. I'm happy with it. In fact, go right now and, and run those numbers, and it's a fantastic number. Um, it, the, I think that, though, you just have to look at the average. If that's an average, um, you're going to have some down years and some up years. So it, you could buy in an up year, and you might see a couple down years. And that's how real estate works. That's what people forget when you see a number like that. They're like, oh, it's, you know, it, you, it might work over 10 or 15 years, but it might not in the first two or three years. 
because um, right now you're, you're going side. We I just did a we did a purchase last year in Pacifica for one point two, and we just were refinancing. We added it because he sold it on the property. He wants to dump it in, and that just got appraised at one point one five. So it went down fifty thousand dollars. So it, you know it really does depend on when you buy and you know what what time of the year you buy and what kind of activity we have. I mean California right now is starting to see a lot more inventory hit the market, and a lot of Californians are like. Should we sell? Should we move to Austin or Breckenridge, like you know your friend? And a lot of people are saying, yeah, we we we're going to cash in. Where are the buyers going to come from? And you ask yourself this question all the time. I mean, yeah, I love the fact that some website tells me that my home is this much, but who's really going to buy it? How many people are left that are going to buy it if there's a more of those type of properties that in that price range hitting the market? And there are. So I think there's homes that you want to buy in. So you can- build roots for your kids so you can have a nice community. So you can pay yourself equity. I get it. Um, you can pay yourself rent. Then there's other types of real estate that we should talk about. And you tell me that's buy and hold where you're going to live in. There's Airbnb investments, fix and flips and commercial. I don't think the average person out there should be doing commercial unless they're worth a good $10 million. And they've got you, you're the guy, one of the guys you work with. He's a wealthy man and he has properties in Arizona and he has properties and, and some of them are, they give them headaches. Commercial property, it's it's not easy. Well, the saying in real estate is commercial real estate is the gold mine of of uh, cash flow. Yeah. Um, it's the best investment you can get into as far as a real estate is concerned. Uh, but you have to work toward it. You, yeah. have to, you have to get there. I mean, most of the people that we see going into into and those people are wealthy commercial been doing it for 30 or 40 years. And it's a family business or, or, or they've had five properties for several years, a right. lot of equity. And they're like, you know what? I'm sick of those headaches. I want to consolidate it into one property and have one headache instead of five. Mm-hmm. Um, but the guy who calls me and he says, I'm 55 years old. I have $400,000. I want to buy a commercial property. Um, probably not a good, probably idea. not a good idea since you've, you know, you haven't got your feet wet. You haven't had any skin in the game. Yeah. The people that I know that are uber wealthy, like I said, it's typically their daddy who's been doing it for 40 years, and they've got them in the business for the last 5, 10. Um, and yeah, but, but they have larger pools of money to work with. And it's something to think about. How about fix and flips? How many people do you know? Exclude the top one that you do know who fixes and flips well, and exclude the person you didn't, who, who was a disaster. How many people in the middle uh, can actually fix and flip a house? Well, there's several ways you can do it. Yeah. Um, I see, we see more often people who are buying a property, like buy and hold, sure. but they're not really just buying and holding, they're buying, living, yeah. and they're doing their own How many people upper. do you think can do it? Um, out of the amount of buy, uh, owners out there right yeah. now, uh, 10% the most. Okay. Um, I, but, I'd say it's going to be lower. Like You have a brother who's basically a general contractor. He's had a general contracting license. Hmm. Um, he can do a lot of the work himself. You can do a lot of the work yourself. He's doing one or two a year right now. Right. And he's done okay, and the other one is kind of a push. It doesn't always work out, and, it, and if interest rates spiked, he would have been in a lot of trouble holding on to that property, and interest rates did spike at the end of 2018. But not a lot of people could actually do the work, and they have to hire contractors. And contractors, they work for free these days, right? Wrong. <laughs> and it's expensive nowadays. There's there's some shortages in, in labor, and, and that's... I mean, we, had a guy, we did a refinance for somebody a, a year and a half ago. The guy pulled the money out. And he's, he's been sitting on the money the whole time because every, he didn't get enough money out. This is the, and then there was a fire in Santa Rosa, and he can't. There was a, a, a shortage of laborers, and yeah, this, you can't do the labor yourself. Like, I'd be very cautious going to a well, that's the, no, that's the novice. And you know, we talked about the person who can move into their house. This is the less, the least risk you can do on a on a flip 
the you road know, less flip, traveled is where you buy it. You go in there, you put some, you know, you, you spend you two years it. doing whatever you get your capital gain exception and, and, you know, sell it before two or after two years. And then you move and you right. bring that to another house. And we've seen a lot of people be very successful at it. But when you have a kid and you have a job and you have trouble moving around and doing stuff like this, and all of a sudden you're packing up stuff and moving it, packing up stuff and moving it, it gets kind of trouble. So I think the average person out there, and we'll just call him Joe or Mike, who says, I want to own rental properties or I want to own flips. It's not as easy as you think. Uh, the flip and flopping thing or flip, fix and flip. If Mike doesn't know how to spackle a wall, if he doesn't know how to put in tile, He's going to pay a premium to uh, to fix that house. Now, and nowadays, we're seeing more people that are the people that are successful at it have kind of like contractors in their pockets, um, you know, on call. Like, hey, can you do this stuff and cheap? And some of it's you know on the table. Yeah. Oh, sure. You know, some, some of it's at midnight. You know, they're working from six to midnight after yeah. they work their day job for construction people. And some of it's they're kicking out homeless people that. Let's have talk another investment in idea is Airbnb. I've seen a lot of people go to the Airbnb. I've seen renters who sublet their place. And then the city changes the law. Whoops, can't do that anymore. So suddenly they rented a place that was too expensive. I'm going to sublet it on weekends when I go visit my boyfriend. I'm going to sublet it. And I don't want to say a woman. I'm going to sublet it on weekends when I'm going to go to the East Coast to see my family. Um, it doesn't work out that way. Sometimes cities change their rules. Truckee Tahoe have made it so difficult that if you sublease your place, if you Airbnb it and the tenants mess up, they're, they're going to fine you they thousands fine you. and thousands of dollars. Yeah. And you're only allowed to do it so many times. Now, you can park in the wrong spot. They get the fine and you get the fine. It's there's um, I'd be very careful with that unless you had some uh, you had a little bit more risk tolerance because you can end up having some laws changed on you. So, you know, um, and then you end up going from a lesser expensive company like Airbnb to something like VRBO. And then all of a sudden you have problems with that. And next thing you know, you're going to a private management company and you're giving up 25, 30% of your, right. your income just to keep the place full, just so that you can go, uh, you know, three or four weekends in a year. Um, Let me give you my personal experience with this. I bought a second home, more like a chalet than a home. I didn't realize what I was getting into. I was a little over my head. I thought I was going to Airbnb it or Vacasa it. And then I, it, it, I don't like the idea. I get into it. I'm like, you know, I want my stuff to be where my stuff is. I don't want, you know, to find like my favorite coffee mug broken. I, I, I don't want it. I don't want it. And I got into it thinking I did. Um, and then the rules kind of changed, you know, but I learned like maybe I could do a ski lease. The years like, I have a broken leg, maybe I could lease it out for three or four months to someone who wants to be in a chalet for three or four months. And that's a little bit better than Airbnb for me because it's a little bit more consistent. Um, or if a writer wants to use the place so he can write his next book, Stephen King, and you know he finds out his evil brother lives under the house, and then suddenly I'm on the, 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 uh, the, the, the cusp for it, and you don't want that. So Airbnb is not always going to work out the way you want it to. Yeah, if I, I would probably go towards a just a standard investment property. Yeah. Um, first, and maybe go to another one, and then you know once maybe trim off some equity or sell, and then go towards the Airbnb thing. It depends on you know how old are you? Are you are you taking a vacation? Oh my! You're um, not allowed to ask that in California. But, like if you were to if we were sitting down doing an interview, and and you gave me your spiel on like you don't want people moving your stuff, I'd say this probably isn't right for you. And I think um, people have that grandiose idea that that because they hear other people are successful at it. it it's all about risk tolerance. So real estate investment strategies you got to get comfortable with. Are you a buy-in holder, an Airbnb investment property? Ain't going to work out the way you think it is. Fix and flipper? Ain't going to work out the way it is, unless you're a contractor, in my opinion, or less, less, less likely. And commercial, you're probably not qualified for it if you're listening to this show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. With that said, there are some people who are uber-rich who listen to this show. I know that. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. 
years in the Bay Area, essentially, and, you know, I get people who come up to me and say, I've listened to you for 5, 10, 15, 25 years, and I'm better off for it. Thank you. And I'm not doing that to put a feather in my hat cap. I'm saying that I've got a long-term track record of doing it correctly, and I just don't want to get people into trouble. Um, and we throw that out there. Home builder confidence rose in May. Home builders are pretty interesting birds. They're dealing with a massive labor shortage. And then they're dealing with higher interest rates, lower interest rates, affordability issues. Um, confidence is a big thing. For them to be confident, they start building more homes, and they need to put people in those homes. And confidence is a big thing for the consumer. Um, do you see confidence issues when people come with mortgages like, ah, should I wait for a correction? Or should I just do it now because everyone else? Like, all, all the time. Yeah. All the time people ask me that question. It's Behavioral finance. It hits my industry. Like, I'm afraid of the stock market because of... Trump, I'm afraid of the stock market because of it's at record highs. I'm afraid of the stock market because my dad lost money. We, we bring a lot of personal attachments to it. It's come a lot easier to answer that and kind of console someone, if that's yeah. what you want to call it, um, when you ask them and they answer the question correctly, how long you want to, why are you buying this house? Well, I'm going to live in it for a long time. It doesn't matter as much. Um, you're going to see some ups and downs. Um, it go back 10 years that prices went were up, prices went down, prices came back up. Um, but if you, we, we've haven't seen as many speculators and that's what we've lost, um, a large percentage of since 2005, six and seven. So, but like that speaks right toward it. It is towards the, you know, the confidence level. It, it, it's you something you go to lunch at some point in time and write down the trends that we've seen in the last 20 years. Yeah. Like, do you remember the Chinese investor trend? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the punchline was realtors are renting out buses and bringing in 40 Chinese people to look at neighborhoods. Whole rows of how, of on a street are being bought, not even occupied, just for the appreciation. Now that's, you know, that like, story's kind of flowed away, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, In fact, it's kind of the reverse right now. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, and we see it, and uh, we report on these trends, and then we just move on to the next one. Millennials living at home. And then starting a family late. And then now they feel like they're trapped. Now they're moving into small apartments. Now they're not having kids. Um, the birth rate in the United States is down. The sex rate of Americans having, you know, uh, whoopity is down because they're too busy uh, because they're trying to, you know, just pay the rent, pay the mortgage there. It's killing people. So um, the trends are pretty fascinating, in my opinion. Um, you know, duplexes kind of come and go. Uh, buying foreclosed property comes and goes. Um, I think one of the, some of the trends in the future, one of the ones I think will happen is you'll see businesses buy property and you know, develop it and employee housing. 
employ housing and the city will say, well, we're not going to give you that land. And they'll say, but we'll build a school and we'll get low income housing. They can say, we're not moving to your city unless you give us some land. I've got a friend um, who lives right that next, we can do anything we want with. I've got a friend who lives right next to an apartment complex that basically I'm not going to say is bought and paid for by Apple, but it's adding 6,000 rental units into an area that's already tight on traffic and low on quality uh, restaurants. And he, he thinks his quality of life is going to struggle because it, but that's, Maybe that's the future. If people want to be close to work, there are going to be big sacrifices to be made. So to that's speak. that's good. You know, if you're if you're listening and you own a house in the immediate Bay Area, that's good to hear that traffic's going to get worse because that means your house value will go up, right? Yeah. Um, oh, I hate it when you say that because that's actually a good. You're tying A to B beautifully. Is when traffic's that that's worse. It's probably real estate at its. It, it, at do, you, do you remember the best. signs? It says, "Oh, you could be home by now." Right. Yeah. yeah. Buy buy this new million dollar condo. You could be home by now, and that's you know. And right next to it is a single family house where this guy's going. Yeah, build that million dollar condo because that's you know people want single family. And I'll tell you what, the people who get from personal views living in San Carlos, everyone basically hates the board of directors, not board of directors, uh, supervisors, um, city representatives, um, because. They ultimately said, hey, we'll let In-N-Out Burger come in if they put up a big sign that no one can see it and they scrub their pollution better than they ever scrubbed their pollution. In-N-Out Burger's like, sure. They come in and they put up a taller sign than expected, and it, it smells of fast food in the city now. And do you think they're going to get In-N-Out Burger to like give up that lease? No way. Um, I've seen, you know, hey, we're going to develop all these units. They're going to put in extra parking. Um and then, like, but the high schools aren't being built. The elementary schools aren't being built. So they're becoming overcrowded, and parents are having to drive further to drop their kids off at private schools or, or juggle things. So I wouldn't trust developers if I was on the city council. Um, hey, you have to give a million dollars to uh, well, let's our look school what funds. happened to your, your city. I, yeah. It just went from a, you know, I don't want to say quiet, peaceful town. little town, but it went from a single-family residence, you know, majority to now possibly a minority in a sense that there's so many, you know, multi-unit properties going up right now. One of the multi-unit properties people are upset with. And that's traffic. Well, one of the multi-unit properties that people are really upset with right now, they developed right along the train track. And I was like, no one will want to live there. And it's it's being used by Airbnb people now. So, because they can't get people to live there because it's too close to the train track and it's it's creating a problem and hotels are popping up at an alarming rate. But anyway, we're not going to just talk about the negatives. Plug yourself. You got about a minute. You have a Thursday show. Thursday. You know, it's called the real estate report, as you like to call it, the rapport. Um, it's on Thursday nights. It's almost our ninth year. Wow. Yeah. Nine years on the show. And you've known me so, for 20 plus on, on 25 radio. plus. Yeah. So I you know, like my, my talk to my brother all the time. East coast. He's like. Um, I don't know what these city planners were doing. There's just so much traffic, and they're, but they keep building. Yeah. It's like, what's going to happen? And you know, it happened where, where we used to work back in Virginia. Well, I've seen. They had to expand the roads. They had to expand the schools. I've seen cities like D.C. become big cities, and then they go urban sprawl, and they go out, and they come back in. And, and that's what we're doing right now. Look at all the cranes. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at Rob Black Show. You can get some great investable downloads at NewFocusFinancial.com. That's NewFocusFinancial.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.